the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM560, the answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, the answer. I'm coming in hot. Welcome to this week's edition of Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Um, Let me tell you something. I was on TikTok, and I saw a video that really disturbed me. I I think I was on Instagram. I saw a video that really disturbed me uh, as to what happened down at the Texas border. You see border control. There's, There's this little opening. You see water on the other side of the opening. And you see border patrol agents using some clips to break open the uh what are those things called um i see them in my head it was a barrier put there so that people couldn't just walk in the razors what are the razors called um the razors you know the razors they put up on fences there's a name for it i don't barbed wire there it is barbed wire um they were going in there and they were cutting the barbed wire cutting it then they took some very uh, it took a rope, something yellow, and they tied it around it, pulled it away, and allowed the individuals who were coming, who were trying to get into the United States of America, they allowed them in. Texas went back down there, closed it right back up. What are we, where are we as a nation when our federal government is doing things like this? If you listen to uh, I hosted the Sean Thompson show along with Valon on Thursday and Friday. I played an audio clip I was looking for, but I could. Oh, I see it. Uh, I'm going to play this from my show. And I played it on Sean Thompson's show. You hear a back and forth between, it looks like, uh, uh, I don't know if that's a regional um, chief for the Border Patrol or Texas. He might be the Texas chief for the uh, section of the Border Patrol. Uh, they were going back and forth yeah, uh, arguing about what's, what, what these border agents are facing at this border. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't really on the, because I, I, I'm not going to say I wasn't on the bandwagon of impeach Mayorkas, but after seeing that, that was the final nail in the coffin. Impeach Mayorkas as well. That, I think that should be the first impeachment. Because what they've done, this border crisis, this invasion of our border is intentional. It is intentional with all of these men who are coming across our border, military age. You want to know what? America, you don't have to send anything over. You don't have to get into a physical war with them. 
Just allow these people to cross our border. And I'm not just talking about Mexicans. Stop thinking that this invasion is just a Mexican invasion. There's a ton of people. Go on TikTok and just type in uh, border invasion. You'll see people from all over the world, all over the world coming here. And you don't think our enemies look are looking at that and saying to themselves, oh, we got to weigh in. We don't need to waste all this military might. We could just send people over there and just start setting up attacks all over the country. Listen to this exchange between the, um, I think it's the Texas Border Patrol chief and the Border Patrol agents. Listen. We stay focused. We continue to do the job and the mission that we signed up for. All right, we all signed up for. We all ready for a hand. It's not hard to say. It may be hard for you to say it, but I've been doing this for 31 years. It's not hard for me to say it. Every day I wake up and I'm committed to this organization and I'm committed to each one of y'all. You're getting locked down in the policies of the politics. What's happening? That's why Chief Scott left. You just said it. You can't say that what happened to you. You just said it. The whole generation. The whole generation. Why are you guys getting caught up? You come in some matches. Under the last administration, we weren't having these problems. Now we, these, he's, and he goes, well, we made more arrests on fentanyl this year than last year. That's what the agent is saying. Troublemaker. Where am I wrong? Well, from what you're reporting, it sounds like the federal government, they're, they're sabotaging that state, you know, by, by letting the people in, cutting the wires and letting people in. They got to go right back down there and, you know, fasten it back up. And uh, to your point earlier, they're lucky Donald Trump squashed terrorism yeah. when he came in yeah. because what was happening over in France and England and those bomb attacks, that will be happening right now. Correct. Yeah, so so you are very right. I don't, I don't even know what that state can do about that when the federal government comes in and sabotages you. But Vilan, they're coming through Texas, Arizona, and California, but guess what? They're, going, they're getting to the rest of the United States of America from those points of entry. Think about that. Think about that. Yeah, but the southern states, they're sending them. Hey, don't forget the northern, the Canada, the Canadian border. No one talks about the Canadian border. Yeah. It's much easier to get in from the Canadian border than it is that Mexican border. They don't have all these hills and valleys and mountains and, and waterways as like they do down there. I don't know. I think that Canada border is pretty I mean, they have it up in, in towards the, you know, in certain parts where the water right. is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Montana and, uh, was it Montana? Is it Montana? Is it Montana? Uh, I don't, which one is, what? I have to look on the map. No, the the big border with the Canadian Montana. Yeah, I thought it was Montana. That's a huge border with with, with Canada. 
Yeah, I don't hear about that one. It's insane. It really is insane. And Falan, I, I just it, it it frustrates me that so many people are not realizing the the very downfall of America. You know what? I, and I hate to cut in on you, but uh, maybe it's too early for me to bring up Ann Coulter. But oh yeah, no, wait, we, we no, I, I ain't talking. I ain't talking about that. I'm I, this this piggybacks off what you're saying right now. For years, Ann Coulter has been talking about illegal immigration, illegals invading this country. And she said, if we don't stop it, we won't have a country. And people call her a racist because of that. Right. But she's been right. I wasn't going to flip it on you, man. <laughs> you scared me. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't going to flip it on you. I just, I'm just, i just saying that. You know, she's. I got to give her her due. She yeah. she's talked about this for a very long time. All right, let's let's shift from politics really quickly. Uh, we'll we'll get back to that. Trust me, we won't get back to this one. Okay. Um, as you, if you guys watched the Sean Thompson show last night, um, I interviewed. Um, he told me not to call him charismatic, but he's definitely charismatic. Charismatic host, uh, Jack Ma- Jack Maxwell from American Homecoming. Um, dot TV. Uh, they basically. What they're doing, they were, they're inspired by the, if you guys remember that hit series, Fixer Upper, While You Were Out, and Extreme Home Makeover. Well, they're coming to help veterans return home to face disability challenges in their house to make it better suited for veterans to come in. Um, Jack Maxwell, welcome to the Black and Right radio show now. Thank you, John. How are you? And thank you for calling me charismatic once again. <laughs> now, to the, for the, I didn't say you couldn't call me. I just don't think I am. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. You definitely are. And I, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed our interview yesterday because um, um, Hoff Daddy, uh, myself, Alon, we one of the biggest things that, that, that are near and dear to our hearts are the veterans. And I, I, I just don't think there's not. When I was in a state legislator, any, any tax... Um, uh, bill that came where they didn't have to pay anything based upon their injury. I was one of the first people to sign up, sponsor the bill because we got to take care of the men and women that take care of us. And so, talk to us about this new series um, that you guys have started that you've gotten your name attached to um, to help veterans. Sure. Well, we call it American Homecoming, and what we do is we find worthy vets who. Uh, not only worthy, of course, but are in a very particular situation. That is, they come back from the service, whether it's on foreign lands or if they're stationed uh, here in the States, it doesn't matter. If they come back injured, hurt, otherwise disabled, in this case, we found a vet who was in a wheelchair and his house was no longer livable. So we got an army of volunteers together and redid the whole house for him. We opened the doorway and gave him remotes uh, so he could go in and out uh, more easily because it's all about independence. You know, as you know, uh, took out the stairs in front, put in ramps. We brought in a designer, this wonderful woman named Cara, who redid the whole wow. house uh, with a beautiful aesthetic with paint and artwork and wallpaper and all of these things to say thank you because we have to say thank you. Like you say, we have to take care of them when they come home. That's true. Hey, Jack, we got to go to break. Um, I want to hold you on the line. I, talk, I, talk, I told your publicist that I'll hold you um, for another segment. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Happy right. to be here. You're listening Thanks. to the Black and White Radio Show. We're talking with Jack Maxwell from AmericanHomecoming.tv. Go there. Become a delegate. Go now. We'll be right back. You see it clearer, or are you deceived? 
This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker and Hoff Daddy on the boards. I love it when Hoff Daddy is here. He makes me sound so good. He makes me, I, I, you know, I think I know what I'm doing when he's here because, you know, I think. <laughs> Before the break, we were talking to Jack Maxwell, charismatic host Jack Maxwell of the American Homecoming TV. Guys, go over there, please. Do me a favor. Click on the link. I mean, type in the American Homecoming TV. Become a delegate because they're going to need all of our help. Uh, and Jack, well, t- talk to the people why you got you, you guys are going to need our help as far as uh, uh, having delegates across the country. Sure. We're starting a conversation. We have to get the word out. Our vets need our help, and we want to help them. I'm the host of this television show, this program that can be found at AmericanHomecoming.tv. The producer and creator, Tracy Trost, has a love for veterans, as I do, and certainly a gratitude, which is uh, very important as well. And when we find one that needs our help, uh, if they're in a wheelchair from being disabled or hurt in the war, or have some kind of affliction, we make their house livable. Whatever the problem is, we fix it. In this case, our vet, Garrett Robitaille, was, uh, I guess, relegated to a wheelchair. and uh, So we fixed up the house for him, but it's not cheap to do so. We have an army of volunteers. We have some partners, some corporate partners. We're looking for a network partner or a streamer or a cable to, to make this into a series so we can help as many vets as possible. And it doesn't matter how it's done or whether it's through the, the regular television side or just partners coming in, spreading the word, um, where, however it's going to get funded. We just want to help the vets. I don't see this being a hard sell. I think this is something that all Americans can come together on and help you out. And I have a question to ask you. What about the federal government? They fall for this country. They don't give them any kind of assistance when it comes to this. Well, I'm not sure about the rules and regulations concerning such or the uh, aid that's available to them. But I know in this case, this guy couldn't even get through the front door of his house without being lifted out of his chair. Carried up the two or three stairs that were there, uh, cement steps, so we tore them out and put a ramp in. But across the door, the threshold, be lifted. So we widened the door and gave him a remote just just to make him feel like he's okay. And no, the federal government apparently doesn't do that. And that's where volunteers step in and try to fill those gaps like we did. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah, I, I agree. Is it, There's no way for you to get out the effort to try to appeal to the average American. Forget about party. You know, these people, they don't think about party. They no. go fight for us to keep us Amen. safe. Amen. I, I had a friend, uh, he, di- he died. He was uh, he died at the age of 47. Uh, I don't know what happened, but he had, bad, he, had a, he had a bad heart. And he, and you know what he told me when we used to have these political conversations? I fought for this country so you could believe whatever you want to believe. All I care about is the country. These are, these are people that every American can come together and, and reach out and donate. Is is any way any way where people could, the average person like myself or whoever could donate? Absolutely. If you go to AmericanHomecoming.tv, not only will you see the pilot for free, I'm sure there are some instructions or how to join or how to do what you just said, which is very kind, very generous. But if people wanted to do that, they certainly could. 
and it would be right there at AmericanHomecoming.tv. But I agree, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Everyone cares about our vets. Everyone knows that they gained something and yeah. came different, and we owe them. If they were lucky to come back at all, right? Yes, I right. mean, anything can happen in the theater of war, and we should support them no matter what you believe. And that's the great thing about the military. No matter who the president is from any party, they follow that civilian leader, do they not? Amen. So why not support them now when we need they need us the most? Yeah. And, Jack, um, who's who, who can who's available to receive these services from American Home, Homecoming um, dot TV? Um, is there is there like a process to get somebody uh, introduced to you guys? Is there do they go on the website to do that? Or is how Absolutely. how is that done? Yeah, if you have someone that you know that might be eligible that needs their house refitted in whatever way possible, no matter how small you think that is, to make to make it just a little more livable, please go onto the website at AmericanHomecoming.tv and let us know because we take referrals, we find them through our partners like DAV, who's one of our many partners, uh, wherever we can. A lot of people come to us or we go out, we put feelers out and say, hey, do you know someone? And as you might imagine, there's a long line of them that need our help. So we could do the show for 20 years and not get to everybody. Yeah. And and has have you guys, your team reached out to any of the streaming services, Hulu, Netflix, any of those streaming services? That's, that's a little above my... Okay. Just the host <laughs> of the show. But I think... I think they're having conversations. What we wanted to do, this I know, is to put it up on the website as, as soon as possible so we can get, like I said, the conversation started, right? Get that dialogue moving as far as going to networks or streamers. I'm not sure what the process of those negotiations or even discussions are at this point. I know we're just trying to get it in front of as many people as possible yeah. so we can help those who really need it, man. I just, you, you know, you can't overemphasize that. Yeah. They come back in a wheelchair. Imagine being in a wheelchair for a week. Just one week. Whatever it is you do, put yourself from today till a week from now in a wheelchair and think, wow, if I was in a wheelchair, I couldn't do this or do that or enjoy this or enjoy that. This is how it is for them for the rest of their lives, most likely. So at least let's make that one place that they're in most often just a little more livable. Every time you speak, I, it, it just, it just, it's goosebumps. It's, it makes me think about something else. You know, I'm a healthcare worker. You know, this is what I do. I, I help people. And people just don't know how much these people need us. They depend on us. Just like you said, being in a wheelchair or you may be missing a limb and they just need rehab to, to try to be independent again. And you're helping people be independent again. You, you, you make me feel good on the inside. And I just, I just needed to say that. So just donate uh, there. I will. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, Jack, thank you. And, and, and thank you for saying that because, you know, we, we hope it does resonate this message because, as you say, whether it's a limb or in a wheelchair, whatever it is, can't we help them in some way? And you know, the thing is, and you know this as well as I do, so many of them are so proud that they won't ask for help yeah. because with with a physical injury might come uh, an emotional injury. It might come with a not feeling good about themselves or some kind of emotional distress where they feel they can't reach out and ask. So we have to find those people especially because, as we know, the suicide rate for vets is through the roof. And and I can't Ooh. imagine what the depression rate is and all of that. So let's help them. This is our chance. Let's reach out to them before they ask, because they deserve that for sure. Amen. Jack, you couldn't have said it better. Um, Jack Maxwell from AmericanHomecoming.tv. Guys, please go there. 
um, become a delegate. Uh, really quickly, you got about forty five seconds. Talk to her about what 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 entails being a delegate. Well, you know that's the beautiful thing. It might sound like there's some kind of heavy commitment there. You just say that you'll spread the word. You put your name down and say you'll tell people. That's all you have to do. There's no financial commitment. Of course, I think that's possible if you want it. But just say you're on our team and, and you believe in this cause and you'll help us get the word out. And that's that's really a wonderful thing. I'd really appreciate it. Jack, I believe in it. I have signed up to become a delegate. Verlon has signed up to become a delegate. I don't know if Hoff Daddy's done it yet, but I'm sure Hoff Daddy's going to do it before the end of the show. Uh, and, and I know I'm spreading around right now as I'm as I'm doing the show on all of my social media platforms. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on. I, and and I, I got to have you on again. Thank um, you, once, let me know. Uh, I'm going to text you today after the show. I forgot. I went straight home and went to sleep. <laughs> I was so tired <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> but, okay, you're a hard worker, man. I get it. Yeah. But also text me your handles so I'll follow you and we'll... Uh, We'll spread the word that way as well. Amen. Amen. And um, I'll, we'll, we'll get you the audio for this for this interview today and the interview from yesterday as well. Jack Maxwell, AmericanHomecoming.tv. Thanks so much for joining us on Black and White Radio. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate you. Vlon, you're right. That just gives you the goosebumps. It does. Man. I see it every day. You know, uh, you know, I love our veterans. You know, I, the, the two main people I love are veterans and our cops. You know that. Yes. You know, firemen, I don't know. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Typical <laughs> police officer. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560, The Answer. Some new. Welcome back. Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. With the troublemaker himself. You think um, Norman from Rockville going to hate that? Studio? Studio? <laughs> Studio. We can do that. We can say that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to our, our buddy, Jim from Chicago. What's up, brother? Hi, guys. Beautiful day. I was just thinking all the old gang games made in politics should be paid out in gold bars. Oh, <laughs> hey. I got to respect him on that one. He's uh, taking a shot yeah, at the Democrat. Yeah. Well, I just said it because you know how hard it is to lug Lots a couple of million dollars in gold bars down the street, and you, you have to do it by yourself. You can't get any help. You know, you, they should pay all these politicians off with gold bars. At, uh, <laughs> hey, hey like, Jim, it looks like one in New Jersey was already paid off that way. Hey, Jim, <laughs> thank, uh, hey, Jim, thank you for not, uh, thank you for not taking a shot at me. I thought it was illegal to, to own gold. One of, he actually said that. One of my friends. Me and one of my friends. Listen, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be above board. I did not know, so I thought he knew what he was talking about because we was arguing about Bitcoin and uh, if if paper money was gonna go away and the Fed, you know, digital money. And he told me, he told me, it's illegal for any citizen to own gold. And I took that and ran with it, and I had to do a whole extraction. Oh, yesterday. Oh, what? What they call it? Correction. Retraction. The only goal I got is the one tooth that has been pulled out. So, I mean, I'm pretty much <laughs> for, for, I'm pretty safe with that one. I mean, you guys have a great day. You too, man. Vlad, I, hate, I hate you, Vlad. I so hate you. Retraction. <laughs> retraction. Retraction. Uh, let's go ahead and wide open. I'm losing the show this early. That's, that, that's not a good sign. And wide open, Tampa Bay. What's up, brother? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, good Saturday afternoon. Uh, the weekend's finally here. Yeah, what's going on with your brother? Weekends here? Yeah, but, but guess what? You're in free Florida, though. Yeah, so. you're in Florida, man. Oh yeah, 
the uh, oh, in November I'll be going to the um, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, and Sebastian Gorka. They're going to have a little get together here, uh, here? On November fourteenth. I hope I'm no in Tampa. Oh, in Tampa. Oh well, can't make <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> so I'm make I'm already registered. So I'm going to go to that, and I'll definitely tell you guys how that went. Oh, but, are uh, you coming I to the Freedom Summit? About, are you coming to Freedom Summit? I don't know. I'll see. Okay. But I got on my calendar. I know at least the date. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. But I would say this uh, mayor in Dallas, mayor, I think. Oh, it's you was about, yeah. oh, I was about, about to talk about that. Yeah, I was about to talk about that yesterday. Go ahead. Okay. So he's going to be switching parties mm-hmm. because he believes the way it should be as far as law enforcement being very essential because of this all this shoplifting that's going across the nation. Yeah. Uh, good for him. Yeah. I mean, Dallas. That's, yeah, I mean, this, uh, although, although this is his last term. Uh, he's not running for re-election. He's not okay. He's, he's in his last term. Oh, he can't. Run. No, he's just. I don't. I don't know their rules down there. Okay. But I know this is his last term, so I, I would have loved to see him do it before he when he ran for re-election. Yeah, I would have liked to see how that he, went. Yeah, I don't think he probably wouldn't have won. Not in Dallas. Uh-huh. Dallas not ready for that yet. Again. Yeah, the Republican Party needs also uh, have a. I don't know if you. Some people are going to argue which should be number one and number two issue, but the economy definitely has to be at the very top because. High credit card, student loans. Yeah. David Haber saying that once these people start paying those loans, the consumption is going to go down. Yep. So the economy is going to go south. So yeah. don't forget about gas. Don't forget about food. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're Definitely, paying yeah. half for everything. I'm just go back to my eggs because I love my <laughs> eggs, man. I'm I'm, I'm sick. What of eggs did go down? Yeah. That's the one thing it, that went down. a little bit. It ain't all the way down. I was paying eighty nine cents a, a dozen, man. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. I won't go well, back to eighty nine cents. Florida, so. Hey, get less on gas over here. Yeah, I'm sure because you don't have all those taxes and and, and in it, in, it, uh, in Illinois you have to have a certain mixture of the gasoline too, and that adds to the price, yeah, the cost yeah, they do. Yeah. of doing. Yeah, they uh, talked about Illinois being like uh, one of the highest tax. Yeah, I saw that online. I yep. used to I used to sit on the energy department here in the state of Illinois. So I, when I found that, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. So there is additional monies that we have to pay because of how we mix our yeah, our it gasoline. Ch- it here. changes with the season. Yeah, it's insane. And winter blends. Yeah. Uh, huh? Right, exactly. Summer. Yeah. Thanks so much, Eduardo. Appreciate the call. Uh, did, did he did he say he's coming to the Freedom Summit? He said he don't know. Uh, he doesn't know. You're a bum, Eduardo. He said well, he, he was trying. He was going to try. Yeah, because yeah. he got some stuff going on in over. All right, Kip's always quick, so we got a minute left. Kip from Stillman Valley. What's, What's up? up, brother? Hey, hey. All right. Um, if I only got a minute, listen, guys. I don't want to put a. Uh, uh, freaking cancer on your brain here, but really think about this one and how the illegals are getting away like being born out of the womb and having more rights than an actual United States citizen. And with all this stuff with no bail and that and the criminals and that, and look what they're trying to do. They're trying to take our right to defend ourselves. Now listen, when it comes to these people that are getting like driver's licenses, are they going to be able to arm themselves? I mean, but this is kind of a sit back and go, huh? Now, now what's going to happen with all that? That's the question to throw out, and how are you going to think about that one? Blake, boy, you're... Well, people going to arm themselves, That's whether question. legally Thanks, or uh, not. Yeah, we got to go to break. Oh. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, people are going to arm themselves, whether legally or not. I know a lot of black people talk to me all the time. I don't care nothing about the law. If I want a gun, I'm going to have a gun. Yeah. Blake Moore, too, really. <laughs> That's funny. You're listening to Black and Right. You got to be watching the YouTube stream and w- watching the comments to understand what that means. So, 
Head over to YouTube, Rumble, Facebook. Spread it, share it. Uh, let's get more people on the line. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio. Let's go straight to the phone lines to Jim from South Elgin, also a sponsor of Black and Right Radio, Best Dental. Welcome, brother. Well, gents, good show. I'm actually doing remote location. I just got here this afternoon to San Pedro Sula, about 1,600 miles straight south of Chicago. Oh, Honduras. It's a different country here, man. I tell you, the way things are run here... The price of electricity, I pay more for my small house here than I do for my house in Elgin. Uh-huh. What they're doing there, they're, they're basically, you know, if you live in a nicer area, I'm not in a, the most rich area, but it's not bad. They charge those people more so they can give electric, you know, electricity free to the people in the country and stuff like this. Oh, wow. And they're, they're really cracking down. If, you, if you're like more than 10 or 15 yeah. days past your payment date, they cut off your bill. They, they shut your electricity off. Oh. So the government has that no, power? Really awful what they're doing here. The government well, has that power? Great, but, well, I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Yeah. You know, I think the electrical company is, is run by the government. Maybe so over they have, there. They have a place here. It's called El Cajon. It was like a dam, and they had a couple of turbines, and one of them or two of them are, are shut down, and they haven't repaired them. Because wow. at one time, they said they used to export electricity to other countries because of that. Right. And for some reason, it, it's been broken, and they haven't fixed it. So it's really stupid, you know? Yeah. Well, if we go all electric, it all sounds like socialism. It sounds yeah. like socialism. Yeah, yeah. definitely. If definitely. we are, if we go all electric, well, it's coming here. Yeah, they'll have well, control. You, yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, I was just I'm gonna send you guys some stuff. Uh, I was just reading, like for example, in New York, you know, they're outlawing uh, natural gas installation on new new buildings and things. Wow. What? You know, they're, wow. they're they've outlawed natural gas installation, and I think certain places in California too. In fact, DeSantis vetoed that. He said, "We're not going to have." This hodgepodge type of construction in Florida, and he's welcome. absolutely correct. Welcome to the. I don't think I. Welcome to the Great Reset. I don't think I ever want to visit New York. Every we'll just start oh. calling it New Amsterdam. Yeah, right? it's it's dirty, yeah. nasty. It smells. Rats. That's nothing. Trash in the front yeah. yard. I like Long Island though. Long Island. I like yeah. that better than the city of New York. Well, anyways, there's this group called the Rocky Mountain RMI. It's called, and they're getting a lot of money from these people. They're trying to promote the banning of natural gas stoves and all this other kind of stuff. They don't want any nuclear power. They don't want everything to be fossil fuel. I mean, fossil free, green energy, and it's it's all garbage. Hey, neither does the state of Illinois. JB Prisker um, oh, vetoed that that nuclear bill. Hey, John, your girl, your girl Corey Bush was talking about that. You know what? Getting rid of getting rid of gas stoves. <laughs> you know what? Wait, oh, gas stoves for something else? What'd she say? No, man, Climate? she mixed up yeah, a whole bunch of all, stuff. She was all over the place. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Jim. Appreciate your call, brother. All right, guys. All right. Uh, let's go to. Let's go to let's go to Mitchell. Mitchell from this displaying. What's displaying. up, Mitch? Hey, what's up there, John and Verlon? Um, let me ask you guys something, and this really puzzles me, Verlon, with your medical background. You know, Pfizer's pushing Paxlovid, right? Because yeah. when they basically wanted to tie up the adverse uh, side effects to their vaccine for seventy-five years, okay, there's a reason for that. Mm. Nobody knows what's in these vaccines. 
Okay, and what they don't tell you, John or Brian, you know this inside and out, that immunotherapy is subjective. There's yeah. a high percentage of it that has what I call, you know, an anaphylactic reaction. Yeah. So why these radicals at uh, WCPT want to, you know, they want to pharmaceutically shame people, right? Like yeah. shaming aspirin. And, and here's the biggest hypocritical thing: when they're pushing Paxlovid as our oral treatment. Okay, they're basically saying that we need to compete with hydroxychloroquine and also um, uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin because they're both inhibitors. Yeah. So people are too stupid to understand <laughs> yeah. that the inhibitors do the same thing. The thing is that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, they're generic. So that's why they had to come up with Paxlovid. So no one's taking the vaccines. And here's the thing. We, it doesn't, um, there's no studies on it. Basically, it doesn't uh, prevent transmission. So the reality of it is that you could double down. All these people are taking the boosters and taking all the jabs, and they're getting these long COVID. Verlon, let me tell you this real quick. You know this. It attacks the lungs, COVID-19, correct? Wait, hey, 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 wait, 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 hold on. I got to embarrass my daughter because she's calling me while... FaceTiming me while I'm live on the radio. <laughs> Hi, Kirsten. How are you? What do you want? <laughs> I'm embarrassing my daughter while she's calling me while she know. What do you need? Nothing. You don't need anything? Uh, what do you need? <laughs> do you need? I you? Oh! <laughs> you always she's do calling that to me her. while she's on FaceTime. I love her. All right, baby. Yes, you can do it. She wants to stay a night at her friend's house tonight. So I'm sorry, Mitchell. Go ahead. My daughter just interrupted the show. <laughs> Mitchell? You there? I love to hear you interact with your uh, what I call your nuclear family. You do whatever you got to do. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> the bottom line is this, okay? So we're on the variant BA.2.86. Verlon, here's my point. If they just gave everybody albuterol and budesonide, which is basically an inhaled steroid and albuterol, which is a beta-2 agonist, it would have kept people out of the hospital, okay? And here's the thing. When you are having any type of what I call a flu or what I call some type of virus, all of the allergists and pulmonologists that I've dealt with, they've always said to load up on your inhaled steroids. Instead, what do they do? They pivot. They purposely leave that out. That would have been, and here's the thing. People are still getting the flu. Do you see everyone shutting down? Are the world economy shutting down uh, over flu uh, symptoms? This is the biggest ruse, John and Verlon, of our century. And these idiots that at Pfizer that are pushing Paxlovid is admitting to the dumb public that the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine uh, were much more effective. And you know what? Do you hear what I'm saying here, Daniel? Yeah, I heard everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Thank you so much, Mitchell. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, <laughs> dang, that dude. I was, it's like, does he ever come up for a breath no. of fresh air? No, he doesn't. Dude, I couldn't talk like that. I, I don't know how I could breathe. Ooh. You're listening to Black and White Radio. Scott, hold the line. We'll take your call when we get back. All I know is pain. All I feel is pain. I cannot maintain with madness on my brain. I resort to violence. We now return to Black and White on AM560. The answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the Troublemaker and Hoff Daddy on the boards. Let's go to Scott from the Northwest Burbs. Scott, welcome to the Black and White Radio Show. John, what happened? You were supposed to call me yesterday or today to have me come in studio. No, no, no. Is that no. any way? No, no, no. No, I, I, actually, uh-huh. I didn't get your number. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I left it with so the host. I got it from George. 
Um, it was for not today. It was for the following week. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. So just want to make sure you didn't leave the next president of the United States hanging. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So again, let's let's. Uh, I'll, I'll bring you in next week. Um, we'll have a conversation. See where see where you're where, where you fall. Um, are you you running as a Republican? Correct. Of course. Is okay. there any, any is there any any other way to run? Uh, not in my I, honestly. I, if it was up to me, there would be no parties running. People would have to run on the, on on and present and actually work hard, and not have to be fall under a party label. If it was up to me, there would be no party whatsoever. You got you put your name on there on the ballot, and you have to run, and pe- you have to convince people to vote for you. <coughs> that, that that makes sense, but you know, in reality, that would never work because most people aren't like us. You know, they're they're not up on the issues like we are. Right. Uh, most people are just so busy with their everyday lives or they say they don't want to bother because it's such a mess and nothing changes. So that's, that's why a third party would never work either. You got two choices, unfortunately, and that's it. So, so yeah, it's been a Republican. So again, I'll ask you, what are your, what's your platform? Um, Why should I, I, we got about a minute and 40 seconds left. Why should the American people vote for Scott Ayers? (laughs) for the president to become the next president of the United States of America? Well, the most important thing is we need a a person that has character that's trustworthy and can't be bought off by the big corporations. You know, we, we need somebody who's just an everyday person that understands what it's like to live in the real world. And I've got the plans and you'll see, I think you'll like them all to deal with the economy, the inflation, the border, you name it. I've been thinking about this and working on it for a long time. And I think as long as people give me the opportunity to take me seriously over time, they'll hopefully be able to trust me. Cause you figure if I've been in business for 30 years yeah. and have a loyal following of customers, you got to build up trust for people to keep coming. So Scott, here's that. a question I got for you. Sure. Um, why president of the United States? Why not Congress? Why not start <laughs> in your state house or in, in running for us Senate why the presidency of the United States of America as your first foray uh, in the politics? Oh, good, good question. So, uh, first of all, living in Illinois, I think Illinois is a lost cause. So when yeah. when I got the call, when I got the calling uh, to run for you know office, I was thinking about maybe you know moving me and my wife to a Republican state and maybe running for you know Congress or something like you said. But then started thinking about you know my age. I'm 61, even though I look like I'm in my 40s, most people tell me. Oh, wow. So I, for thought, that process, I thought you were in your 30s. It, it, I thought you were yeah, in your 30s. Yeah, yeah, so because of my age, that would not be practical. And then once I started thinking about it, uh, you know, I told you God is the one that called on me to run. And one day just came into my head that I got to run for president. The country's in such bad shape now yeah. that we ain't got time to wait. Okay, Scott, real we, quickly. If, real, if, hey, Scott, Scott, Scott let me help you out. Real quickly, where can people find you on social media? Do you have a, a, a web, web address, anything like that? we got 20 seconds. Not yet. Um, that's the last thing I'm working on right now, so I should have that up and running. Social in media? Weeks. No social media? Uh, I, I got, right now I just got uh, Facebook, and then I got Twitter at scottallenairs.com. All right, Scott uh, Allen Ayers, I'll give you a call, and we'll schedule something for next week. All right, that works for you? Yeah, that's fine. Since I sold my business, I'm just working on my campaign right now. All right. Thanks so much, Scott Ayers. Running for president of these United States 
of America. He sounds young. He sounds really young. Hour two coming up next. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Welcome back to Black and Right with John Anthony. I am his co-host, Verlon Galloway, the troublemaker. Now let's get to some business. I want to talk about this guy you all put in office, if you believe he got 81 million votes, that you said was, for you, independence, was the, was the lesser of two evils, was the better choice. I'm talking about your corrupt gangster president, Joe Biden. John, can you play clip one? And he has done, I don't know if it's similar things, but he's sort of told some stories that don't line up quite like this before. He had, this president has a, a pattern at this point of either inventing or embellishing stories about his own past, his biography. He did it three times in one speech last month alone. Uh, he claimed he had witnessed a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh when he actually showed up about six hours later. He claimed that his grandfather had died just days before he was born himself at the same hospital. In fact, his grandpa died more than a year before in a different state, not, not the same hospital. Um, and, uh, and he also repeated a favorite false story that I and others have debunked over and over again about a supposed conversation with an Amtrak train conductor he was friends with who was actually deceased at the time the conversation would have had to take place. And that's not all. There are some more serious ones, in, in my view. Uh, previously in his presidency, he claimed at one point he'd been arrested during a civil rights <laughs> protest when, in other versions of the story, he just said an officer had taken him home uh, from a protest. He said he had visited the, the Pittsburgh synagogue where worshippers were killed in a 2018 mass shooting. In fact, he had actually spoken to the rabbi, uh, but never but never went. Um, and he, he's made a whole bunch of others, too. Uh, he said at one point, Republicans like to bring this up, he said that he used to drive a tractor trailer, he used to drive an 18-wheeler. Never happened. The White House later clarified he used to drive yeah. a school bus at one point for as a, as a job briefly. School bus, of course, not an 18-wheeler. So whatever his intentions, whether it's you know foggy memory about stuff that's going on decades ago or deliberate embellishment, this is an unfortunate pattern that keeps coming up again and again with Joe Biden. This guy lies as he breathes. I mean, if it's foggy memory, it was foggy memory for the last three decades. <laughs> three decades. This At least. His MO Don't forget about the teaching at uh, was, was University of Penn. Is that where he said he was a teacher? Uh, Our democracy is under attack. Uh-oh. I didn't do that. And we got to fight for it. <laughs> that's off that. Oh, that's off. That was me on accident. Say, what the oh, don't forget. I was looking was around perfect, just though. like you guys were. That don't, was perfect, though. Don't forget that he used to go to the black churches and the Puerto Rican churches and the Catholic churches at the same time and the synagogues. This man lies, and you all will find a way to excuse his lies because you just hate Donald Trump because somebody told you to hate Donald Trump. But guess what? Well, I think it's easier now, too, because he's like the, the lovable grandpa type. No. Uh-uh. Right. No, he's not lovable. Not at all. Well, Matter of fact, reality, you, but that's the narrative. Is that where you is that is that where you want to go? That's how you want to do it, John. Play my next clip. Okay, give me one second. Which one's the next clip? 
No, no, no. I'm just sorry. I had to play it. <laughs> between a screech and a whistle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Another thing about how uh, perspectives change over time. Bobby Rush, member of Congress, said the other day, I'm ashamed that I voted for the 94 crime bill. You ashamed of that bill? Not at all. Um, in fact, I drafted the bill, as you remember. I know that. My Democratic colleagues don't like me saying this. I think the two-party system is good for the South and good for the Negro, good for the black in the South. What you all know, but most people don't know, Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. About Joe Biden, who mm. got up there and when this speech he gave, I mean, I was really offended. I heard it right outside the state capitol building in Dover, which mm. was a rundown, ransacked old house, 250 years old. I love that guy. Mm. And he said Negro children are like roaches. If they're allowed to integrate the schools, they will infest them and they will never be gotten out. Negro. Joe Biden said that? Yeah. I heard it. Saw him. He said Negroes were animals and they turned the streets into jungles. And he and Senator Eastland had a plan where they could put all of these Negro animals in zoos. Now, we yeah. talk about the 94 crime bill. That wasn't shit. The 91 was bad. The 91. It doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become uh, uh, social uh, become socialized into the fabric of society it doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society the end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe shoot my sister beat up my wife take on my sons so i don't want to ask what made them do this they must be taken off the street Oh, that sounds like now, a totally different Joe Biden today. He's describing now, one of his sons now. now <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's, that's, that's pretty good. But Donald Trump never said anything close to this. No. The mo- and, and he said, Donald Trump one day said, that's my black guy. You know, it was, it was, it was fun. It was at a rally. Oh, the, and the blacks. And the liberals turned that into being worse than yeah. what you just heard yeah. about uh, from Joe Biden. I just needed to remind black people, the older generation, because they, they were the one that heard him talk Talking like about that. the yeah, yeah, the fields and the people a little older than yeah. that, maybe about 70. I had to remind them of this Joe Biden, because did you hear the interviewer? He yeah. didn't know anything about this. Yeah. His memory or lack of one has been whitewashed. Well, he's yeah. very young, to be fair. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem. But don't These forget, young he people actually, don't know. Don't forget, in the committee, he actually said, we had the clip. I, uh, I don't know if we had it now. He actually said the N-word with the hard R. Yeah, I, I heard that. Dude, most people, when they're reading that, they come across their word, they say, the what they say. What do they say? Most people, when they come across that word. N-word. The or, N-word. Or the N-word. Yeah. The N-word. This he said, said the whole word. Yeah, but wait a minute. Donald Trump's yeah, get that Donald in. Trump's, yeah, Monica. <laughs> uh, but but Donald Trump's worse than this guy, right? Yeah. No. Donald, yeah. Donald Trump has never been in a picture with David Duke. Never been in a picture with uh, Fritz Hollins and all of Joe Biden's buddies with Don't the with the, with the with the uh, German military suits on, with the with the brown suits Robert on. Bird. He's never did that. Bird. What was Bird? What was his um, affiliation in KKK? Kleagle, Eagle, Kle- what not, they call No, he was a grand. He wasn't a grand wizard. He was a grand cyclops. Okay. 
Isn't it Klegel or something I, like that, too? I, I was never part of the hierarchy. You sure? Hi- you, ain't, you ain't black, so I mean, you probably, <laughs> hey, your white privilege card probably don't work there. <laughs> no, it don't work there. I'm a passer. <laughs> but but listen, man, for real, I'm just, I just want to remind people of who Joe, My, Joe Biden is, and don't compare him to Donald Trump. You can't. Don't let the left make you think you're choosing between the lesser two evils like they did the first time with Hillary Clinton. Yeah. He doesn't compare to either one of those people. He's heads and heels above both of them. I agree. Stop it. To be fair, Joe Biden's never heard of Joe Biden. <laughs> now He, he doesn't not. even know he's Joe Biden right now. He doesn't know Joe Biden exists. <laughs> and they need to be ashamed of themselves, the whole Democrat Party and Democrat voters, for voting for this man and, and still willing to vote for this man. I have more respect for you if you sit it out. That's how you have integrity. Democrat voters. Well, it right. shows how tribal people are. Um, goes through both sides, but you know, people will vote for somebody because of the name or the letter after their name. Yeah. There, there's right. been convicted felons voted uh, back into office after being convicted. That might be Trump. Um, well, no, <laughs> oh, wow. Talking about like aldermen and stuff. Yeah. Just just local. Um, yeah, Marion Barry. Marion Barry. Yeah, yeah. Marion Barry. There was a guy who. Um, uh, what was the the guy down in the south suburbs that the, the Democrats were oh, weren't uh, even running against him? It was Republicans running against him because he was uh, Derek Smith. I don't remember his name. He was an open like neo Nazi or something. Oh, like oh that. Art, Art, Arthur something. I don't know. Uh, in the and, third congressional, yes, and and the Republicans were the one coming out and saying against him because they were like, look, this guy was obviously put in here right. to make the story that there's a Republican who's right. Here. He's not. I mean, he wasn't a Republican. No. He's a Democrat. Oh, Valon, you missed this part uh, about Joe Biden and his lies. Here it is. Our democracy is under attack. And we got to fight for it. I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years. And I used to teach <laughs> political theory. <laughs> folks, you always hear every generation has to fight for democracy. Dude, dude. I mean, where is the media? Where is an honest media? Well, they, we just yeah, CNN yeah, just yeah. now finally they, they did try, it. You know, you'll never hear that from MSNBC. Oh heck no, MS. No one DNC? appreciates the role of a teacher being close to kids. Yeah, like Joe Biden. You're oh. one sexy kid. Yep. Who remember um, Jim couldn't even couldn't even say couldn't even comment on that. No, he couldn't. I I think Jim. Well, Jim had called about something else. And then we played that clip while he was on hold. So he had he had zero clue that that clip even existed. Yeah, yeah. He obviously isn't watching sources that highlight that sort. Of thing. Right. But then I played it for him. And he still wouldn't. Oh, that's not that's not real. That's something. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, it's the same thing he said about the the clip of Biden bragging about holding aid to Ukraine to get a prosecutor fired. <laughs> that's so. true. Robert, hold the line. We'll be right back. I bring the fire, but you never seen him. I testify, I don't need a subpoena. They want my soul better go to Korea. I love my dog just like I'm Peter. Got up t- It's this show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Maybe Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with The Troublemaker, who wants to kick up some trouble. Uh, before we continue that trouble, let's take Robert, because he's been holding for quite some time. Robert, another one pops up. Welcome to Black and Right. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing What's well. going on? Yeah, listening to you all week. Very interesting, filling in for Prof and uh, Amy Jacobson there. You know, I just wanted to say, <laughs> talking about about uh, Biden, you know, this is a guy who said... He was there at the Civil Rights March, never was. Yeah. Was there at the border, never was. Lied 
and was told to stop when he said his wife was killed by a truck driver. That never happened. This guy's got zero credibility. And I'd say, ladies and gentlemen, put your vote where it counts and put it with President Trump Amen. in 2024. Thank you. Thank you. I'm with you, Robert. That's my guy. You're damn uh, right. That's right. <laughs> um, where's my Italian friend, Dennis Rebelletti? I know Uh-oh. you're listening in the Uh-oh. car. I'm calling Uh-oh. you out, chump. Get Uh-oh. here. Uh, let's go to David from Lansing. Good afternoon, guys. Coming in medium like pepperoncini. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> or ghost pepper. That's too hot. <laughs> That's anyway. too hot. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden, not only is his mental capacity diminishing, you know, this story kind of got buried a little bit in the mainstream. They, they conveniently released it like on Thursday night and then uh, got buried in the Friday afternoon drive. Bob Menendez, $100,000 acceptance of bribes. Mm-hmm. More and, than that. More than that. It was like 400 something. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm one of them. Well, that I was didn't cash. Hear exactly. the whole story. And he had affected a federal prosecutor and affected a state prosecutor. Now, what's the difference between that? Bob Menendez using his influence to influence prosecutors to get them off people's backs, and Joe Biden influencing the prosecutor in Ukraine to get the prosecutor off his son's exactly. back. Well, no me, difference. Let yeah. me tell you what the difference is. As of right now, Joe Biden can't be indicted because he's a sitting president. That's the, that's the difference. Now, hopefully when he gets out of office and Donald Trump's in and, and he appoints another DOJ, they can indict he him. He can get impeached. Yeah. Well, yeah. Impeach But it him. won't happen. Impeach him. Please. That's yes. a for sure impeachment. That is a... You're, you're right, Berlan. I, I mean, I've heard that, too. I've heard that. But it's a for sure impeachment. There's no question he did the same thing as Bob Menendez. But he'll be acquitted. Yeah. They don't have the Senate. Well, he'll, be a, he'll be acquitted. Well, really, David wants him to be charged. I do, too, but they can't. Yeah. They just can't right now. Yeah. I mean, this was the same feeling that they had about Trump. This yeah. is the same thing they were, you know, chopping there. Once Trump got out of the office, what happened next? Yeah. Indictment King. Thanks so much, David. Uh, let's go to Glenn from Oak Brook. He's from the Brook. Yeah, hey, guys. How are you doing? How's it going? Nice to hear the show again. Thank you. Um, Joe, Joe Biden is the useful idiot. He's serving a purpose yeah. for the Democrats. Yeah. yeah. And by, by doing that, he's destroying the country. And people that vote for Joe Biden... Uh, are going to vote for Kamala Harris for president. And, you know, maybe you need to change your standards of living and pay 99% tax with no no deductions or something. I don't know what it's going to take. Yeah. But this, well, this whole thing going on, I mean, what's, what's easy is when there's a problem and you want to distract from it, have Joe Biden fall down a flight of stairs, and now nobody remembers what the, the big issue was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's it's just it's a useful idiot. He's a useful idiot, and it, and it's just an insult to everybody. Yeah. And uh, just like John Fetterman is a, is a useful oh, idiot, he's an insult to everybody. Oh, yeah. Hey, but Glenn, 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 Senator Paul, Rand Paul, totally trolled them. <laughs> he took a photo of himself in a in a uh, all red robe and went into the Capitol with an all red robe on. Yeah, Epic I saw troll. That. Epic I saw troll. That. You know, so. But you know something? If if there was a funeral and John Fetterman walked into the funeral home dressed like that, I'd throw him out. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how I feel. I don't like it. This new dress code at churches, people just come any kind of way. I, I I've always said that. Well, it's the dumb, dumbing down of our society. Yeah, that is so much. And that's where it started. You know, thank you so much, um, Glenn. Uh, it, it, I mean, they're just they're just so dumbing down our society. Yeah. You know, a useful idiot. Who is he being a useful idiot for? This is Obama's third term. Yeah. Well, he's. Been, I had that clip. Remember that clip I played? I know we don't have it now. Um, where it talked about Obama saying. 
uh, with uh, Stephen, um, one of those night, late, late night hosts, Stephen with the ear, the guy with Stephen the ear. Stephen Colbert? Is that his name? Stephen Colbert, if you're talking about Stephen. Is, is that the Steven. guy? Is that the guy who was on the man show? Um, no, George. no, no, no. That's the other guy. The, Who's uh, the guy that was on the man show? Oh, Jesus Christ. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. Um, we missed you. Yeah. Uh, and then he was talking about, no, it's not Jimmy Kimmel. It's, it's the other one. Stephen Colbert? Stephen Colbert. Oh, okay, okay. Um, he said, we missed you. And Obama said, you know, if I if I I could uh, do yeah. a third term and I s- had to sit somewhere in my basement with a yeah. and then and they had a microphone in the ear and I could, t- yeah, he, he's been a useful idiot for Obama. He's a tool. He's a tool for the Democrat Party. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? It was something that we didn't finish. We mentioned it, but we didn't finish talking about oh, it. Corey Bush, your girl, Corey, Corey Bush, Bush, right? Man. Your girl, Corey All right. Bush. Uh, which one you want to play? One, the, two, or three? One, one. All right. Is it, was that the dumbest one though? No, I think number, number. Well, let's just play number one. <laughs> I say to those that say wokeness, 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 we're anti-woke. This is not wokeness, what we talked about in here. And you should be on the side of folks who are woke because we're saying no more oppression against our community. So whatever else is being thrown around, unless you are saying I'm racist, white supremacist, and I'm bigoted, Stop talking about but wokeness, she? and you can't tell me that I'm wrong because I'm from the very movement where this came about. Don't let a fascist tell you what we, b- being woke means. Republican colleagues were as concerned about black and brown communities on the front lines of our climate crisis as they are about an appliance. Oh, Republicans are consistently against regulations that maintain workplace safety standards, enact gun control to keep our children safe in schools, and allow access to reproductive care. These standards are not a ban on gas stoves, but a way to move the nation forward and reduce health and climate risks to people and our planet while giving consumers more information and more options. My Republican sense. colleagues have unironically invited four think tanks yeah, and four titans whose expertise is no. in maximizing profits, Un-ironic. especially a at the expense word. of our black, our brown, and our indigenous neighbors' health, safety, and well-being. Now I know they say you should never come after what they, what they say come after black people, black especially black women. But that was some of the dumbest. Well, what's that Thank clip, you. George? Thank you. I, I give you no points. <laughs> oh yeah, it's from uh, Billy Madison. We definitely need that clip yeah. back. I yeah, mean, I, there's a lot that I need to put back in. Yes, yeah. Jesus, I, it took me a day to figure out just one. What part you said of that. was the most incoherent, yeah, matter of jumbo that I've ever heard. <laughs> I award you no points, and I'm, may God have mercy on yourself. I'm still stuck at wokeness. So yeah. unless you are a white person that says, I'm racist, bigoted, homophobic, and I fall on my sword, and we will say, okay, get off your oh, knees. We right. accept you. We accept you. Get off your knees. You are a racist, homophobe, bigot. If you just if you just stand up for yourself and now, you'd be in a uh, uh, Blake Moore, you're right. Unironically, it's going to be in the dictionary now because it's going to because it's going to be racist if you don't. If unironically you, is a word. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it is. Unironic, unironically. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think okay. that's how she said it. Look, look it up. No, in, she mispronounced it. Right, that's why mispronounced it's funny. Okay, what, what does it really say? She mispronounced. it. Okay, wait. You talk about woke, right? Did, did you hear Howard Stern? No. And, and talk about walking. Listen to this. In a way, I kind of take that as a compliment that I'm woke. I'll tell you how I um, feel about it. To me, the opposite of woke is being asleep. And if woke means I can't get behind Trump, which is what I think it means, or that I support people who want to be transgender or I'm for the vaccine, 
dude, call me woke as you want. I'm not for stupidity. You know, I ran out Friday morning. I was over at CVS. Thank you, CVS. I went over there 9 a.m. and got myself that new vaccine for COVID. Science. This country is so great. (laughs) Man. You uh, see how everybody has their own definition of what woke is? Yeah. Well, the, the, the ironic thing is that... Not unironic. Un- not unironic, <laughs> but ironic. Um, Bill Burr has a great bit where he talks about how white suburban women took over wokeness. Because woke used to be, you know, you were aware of right. things which affected black people. Right. That was, that was you, were, you were recognizing racism when you saw it. Right. And you were calling it out. And that was a good thing. And then it just became anything left. Yep. Anything and everything left, the more ridiculous, the more woke it is. And they want to accuse righties of taking over the term and redefining the term. No, you guys bastardized the term. They did. Big time. So you're telling me that the awfuls who uh, Dan Prof is coined. I was trying to figure out what what term you use. Dan Prof coined the awfuls. Real quick. I can't can't break down the definition of it. Uh, I can't break down the definition of it. You can't tell me during the break. Uh, I'll look it up. Oh. Oh, I thought he had like a... No, uh, he has it. He made up a term. The awfuls. Oh. Each letter means something. But I can't I got to think about the, what that is. The awfuls. Guys, we'll be right back. It's Guillotine, baby girl. Hey. That's right. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, sitting in the studio with the troublemaker. John, All right, which audience? Is it, is it me what? or is, uh, is Corey Bush just ugly? Uh, Inside I and out. I don't do that. Listen, you know no, no, that. listen, listen, she's no looker. She's no KJP. Oh, she's, KJP's beautiful. But there we go. Corey Bush is just, uh, we, I can't even ask you that because you're a married man. I yeah. wouldn't go on a date with her. Oh, God. I wouldn't do it. I'm sorry. But uh, can you play the next one? I mean, is she paying? Oh, you can't. I don't, care. I don't care if she was paying. I don't care if she was paying. I'm sorry. I can't. I mean, I'll let almost anybody buy me food, to be fair. Uh, I'm so, I, it's some Come people on. you don't want to be seen in public with. Uh, but go ahead. Play the next clip, You're John. definitely going to lose your black card. I don't bro. care. You, you, you didn't say you, anything you. about public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are brutal today. You know, especially you, Vlad. Uh, stupid. George, stupid. that's that's. Par for the course. That's just me. <laughs> what did one of our scholars say? What? Stupid is, stupid does. Stupid is, and stupid does. That's no, right. I thought he said, realize, realize, no, realize. No, don't do that. I, I've been trying not to criticize him, man. Come you on. Just refer to Forrest Gump as one of our yes, scholars. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's good to know. Stupid is, and stupid does. Stupid is, stupid does. All right. We're losing the control. Here we go. The reason we are sensitive to racism oh. is for one issue and one issue only. That is no, 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 no. Not that one. Not that one. No. No. Did you play all of Cory Bush? Oh, you want to go back to Cory? Did you play every Cory no, Bush? You played no, you played Culter. You said Ann Coulter. I said the last no. segment. I said the last segment before we go to she the is. third hour. Monica. She's going to lead me into my troublemaker segment. Monica, come on, man. Here we go. One of these <laughs> so-called energy experts is a philosopher who has previously espoused white supremacist views. For instance, in his 2000 college newspaper, he wrote, quote, the African and American Studies Department has 23 classes 
in many of these classes, African culture is presented. Mr. Chairman, not I, as I demand inferior. the gentlelady's words be taken down. She just called the witness a white supremacist. No, I referred to the words, not to the person, not to him. The words. I would like a parliamentary no, I did not. Right, right. and to have a no, woman's words taken down. Uh, Ranking Member Bush. As I was saying, oh. the African and African American Studies Department, this is the quote, has 23 classes. In many of these classes, African culture is presented not as inferior to Western culture, but as on equal footing with it. In other departments, the same is done with Latin American, Indian, and American Indian culture, end quote. When confronted about these views over two decades later, rather than disavow them, he doubled down on this narrative saying, quote, it has nothing to do with skin color. I was arguing that those cultures overall are inferior to Western culture. This will never end, never end unless we get rid of people like this. Get them out of office because it speaks more to you that you voted for these people than to the people that's talking crazy. You know, they, 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 when you listen to the rhetoric that she pushes out, see, this is where I, 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 this is what I, this is what the show is about pointing out the hypocrisy in race, in politics, race, and culture, right? Right. And pushing back against the monopolization of language because they use it for political purposes. Right. So I push back against that. Imagine a white male or a white female repeating everything she just said, but from a white perspective. Right. That would be denounced. She'd be on the canceled. The cancel culture would come after him or her if they were white. That's what I'm saying. If 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 she can say it, anybody. That's why I say I believe in free speech. Even the free. Even if I don't agree with it, I believe in freedom. People really don't understand. Real freedom is close to anarchy. Right, the, but the problem is we don't stand up against it. We let it go. A lot of us My think point. it's the right thing to say. And a lot of white people don't stand up against rhetoric like this. You see, Israel stood up when uh, yeah. Omar and Tlaib started talking crazy about Israel and uh, Israel being a, a leader of terror when it comes to what's those what's those people in the bank? Uh, West Bank, uh, Palestinians, Palestinians. And, and they're murdering and they're genocide and all the rest of that type of stuff. Whenever they start talking like that against Israel, they stand up and they fight back against that rhetoric. And they made them. Well, I can't say they really <laughs> apologized, yeah. but they, they they did. They censure her. Who? What did they do to Omar uh, when she's talk when she was talking? Uh, I thought they were trying to censure her. But yeah, they but they did. Right. Because Nancy. Did, and she didn't. Mean, she didn't really apologize. It was like well, a half was apology. Like, you know, like a half you know. apology. Uh, I said what I said. Yeah. I mean what I said, but I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, yeah. Half apology, <laughs> right? Right. No, I stand no. on what I said. I believe what I said. You know that nine that what, what she said about nine eleven. It uh, that incident that yeah, happened. Some oh, people did some, some, pe- some people did some, people some, did things. some things. Oh my god! Think about this. If, if, if about other that. racists talked like that, yeah. You know, I was listening to Progressive Radio on the way in. I know we got to oh, go to break. Again. Again. I know we got to go to break. But they were talking about you know. How, dude, I'm sorry. I, I really got to. I got to bring. I want. I want some people from the Jewish community in here mm-hmm. because I want to tackle this. Yeah. Brandon. Brandon Tatum tried to do it the other day because he said something about something was kosher. You get what I did? Jesus being a Jew, kosher, and then he got saying that it was anti-Semitic. I want to bring the Jewish community into this show. I want to tackle this because. Guess what? If you wrong, you wrong. I don't care what color, what religion you you are. You wrong, you wrong, and I'm gonna say it. 
and and I want to have that conversation with the Jewish community. I think it's 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 high time that it that is had because not everything is anti-Semitic. That's right. Not everything not is everything. racist. Not everything. That, ch- hold the line, Sandra. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM five sixty. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker. We got a we got a we got a packed out studio right now. You know, the prosecutor who's on CP time is has finally arrived. <laughs> hey, Chuck, call back, man. You dropped yeah. off. You got online. And you just dropped right off on us. What happened? Yeah. And we have we have I have my friends here who are missionaries in Haiti. Um, wow, how long has it been now? T- almost ten years? Nine, eight. We've eight? been going. Um, Get closer to the mic. We've been going part time. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. we moved there last year. I know. Um, a yeah. year ago, September first. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe you guys. That's so. Let us finish up this. Go you know, it. don't 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 judge us. God, <laughs> I feel Vlad. I don't know now. We got passes in the room. <laughs> I don't know. We no, can we change. have to tackle this. Okay. Because look at you. You all are. Overseas in Haiti, and you go around to these islands helping these people that's in need. These people don't look like you all, and you do this work, and that's God's work. So you're taking on the race issues too, and the culture issues too. So, and, but you do it in a in a better way than I, I don't know. Talking is Just good, but way. you're hands on, and I respect that because I take care of people myself. So I respect what you do. All right, you done? Okay, yes, I, okay. I'm done. Okay, now, now which clip now? Now, let's go to my girl, Corey or Ann. Uh, forget Curry Bush. Okay. Uh, nobody wants to talk about Ann Coulter. Yeah, let's go to Ann. All right, here we go. The reason we are sensitive to racism is for one issue and one issue only, and that is how black Americans were treated in this country. It is because of of the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow. Those do not compare Irish, you know, and the new groups. They always get a little bad treatment. Do not compare that to how blacks are treated in this country. You don't get to piggyback on the black experience in America. Do not get to do that just because you are a a woman, an immigrant, gay, um, Hispanic. No, the rest of you can go F yourselves. No, this is for black Americans. We seem to have forgotten them. It's not a rainbow coalition. Um, various groups, feminists, gay rights groups, and, and those who are defending immigrants have commandeered the black civil rights experience. Yes. What do you mean by that? There is the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow laws. We don't owe the homeless. We don't owe feminists. We don't owe women who are desirous of having abortion. That's what civil rights has become for much of the left. Wait, wait, can I just understand. say, what have we done to the immigrants? We owe black people something. We have a legacy of slavery. Immigrants haven't even been in this country. The black experience is different from any other experience in America. There is slavery. There is Jim Crow. So I really do resent it when people come along and say, well, you can't say the, the phrase illegal alien when you use the N-word. You can't say retard when you say the N-word. You can't say, I don't know, a million other things. They're always comparing it to the N-word. So the main point I want to make is no other word is like the N-word. And Coulter for the win, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody saw that that coming. CNN, this is what I say. Ann Coulter, this is one of the first times I've ever agreed with Ann Coulter on CNN. Mark this down in your calendar. But Ann, you've always felt this way. This isn't new for you, right? It's not only not new for me. This is standard Republican position. Uh, And we're back. (laughs) Now, that's a teaser. Uh It's a teaser for my segment, the Troublemaker segment. But... I bet you all never heard that side of Ann Coulter. You wasn't expecting to hear that part of Ann Coulter, but I'm going to withhold my judgment on what she said and 
my uh, troublemaker segment until next week. Oh, because I got why, a big one next, next week. Because I want to so, know tell, what you talking about, Willis, this week. Oh, oh, oh! Thank you for reminding me, George. On my troublemaker segment, no Gary Coleman because I will never Who's disrespect. Talking about Willis? Well, you can do it to me. <laughs> But no Gary Coleman, because I will will. never disrespect this man or the man next week that I'm going to play with Gary Coleman. But I will tell America what I feel about reparations next week. But I want to let this play. I want to let all of this play for this weekend and next week. What's this week? What do you want to play now? Oh, no. Are you done? She's my teaser for for my segment. That's why I really wanted you to play it the last few few four minutes. But you you have guests in the studio. you told me to play it. Because we got guests in the studio, I want them to introduce themselves and tell people well, what they're about. So, you know? uh, Dave and Jennifer. You suck at Gravitas. God, he does. <laughs> so, as I said, stated, I, 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 we're going to get into, you know what I'm, I just want to introduce who they are first. Because people are like, wait, who? It's three white people in there against two black people. <laughs> well, half. I got a half oh. on y'all. <laughs> yeah, you have. half. You have. What, four and a half? Wait, <laughs> four with, with Hunk. Well, he's a third like me. You all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, um, David and Jennifer Nelson. You guys uh, is is the name of the organization called Haven Haven of Hope. Um, is it DSM International? DSM International is the organization's name, and Haven of Hope is the name of our children's home and daycare. Okay, um, really quickly, we got about a minute left. Uh, introduce yourselves. Who uh, who are you? What how, what? how did you get involved in Haiti? Yeah, I'm David Nelson. This is my wife Jennifer. We've been married 27 years now, and, and about 10 years ago, our kids desired to go uh, to a just a church uh, mission trip in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And and given that our oldest son was too young, Jenny tagged along with him as a kind of a chaperone, and she fell in love with Haiti. And, and here we are 10 years later. We live there and, and uh, enjoy every minute of it, honestly. Wow. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's definitely a hard trip to say in a minute but yeah yeah that's, that's, that's fine that's fine. I mean, yeah. we, we got we got more time for you at 6 30 yeah. oh we can do it earlier if you want um that way he can have more time to do his um his spiel um we can do it we can do the interview when we come back in the, in the top of the six hour or you guys want to do it at the bottom of the six, uh, of the six o'clock hour whatever works for okay. you okay well, what do you guys you want to do it at the um you want to get them on the top of the hour then so they can so they don't have to stick around and hear Valon and see his taffy apple head? don't want to stick around and see my taffy apple head? no i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so uh, we were supposed to take Sandra. We're I merciful prom- people, right? Sandra, we're gonna take your call when we come back from break. I promise you, I'm, I'm, you've been holding. You've been so generous and generous and patient. Um, what, why are you on CP time? I'm always on that time. No, no. <laughs> you told me four thirty, five o'clock. Right. You're well, fired. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I'm done with you. I should sir. be kicked upstairs like everybody else does for failing. Ouch. That's okay. You color people. Oh, he is color people. <laughs> you listen to the Black and White Radio. We'll be right back. Don't put your blame on me. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with the troublemaker, the prosecutor, and our good missionaries. We got to be on our best behavior, gentlemen, Dave and Jennifer Nelson. Yeah. Let's see what Sandra has to say. I, I'm, I'm, that's where I'm, brother. Okay, I, I don't know, man. I know. I, you know, I've been I, doing I, this. You know, I'm a caller. I'm in my fifth year now. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going on my fifth I'm year in radio. I'm a caller, man. What does that mean, It's George? like a drug to me. Puff Daddy, what does that mean? 
means nothing to him. <laughs> Sandra from Chicago. Welcome to Black and Right. Hi, it's uh, Sandra. I had a great time on the boat with you guys two weeks ago. Oh, yes, I know yes, that voice. Yes. I know that voice. <laughs> What's happening? So do I. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I was yelling How at you. How do you know? She was yelling at me. Oh, oh I wasn't that's right. Trying to <laughs> I had too much wine by that point. <laughs> oh, see, see, woman after my own heart. What's going on? <laughs> I'm, I just want to know how you guys think we're gonna we're gonna survive as a city by the time uh, uh, Johnson is done with his term. Wait, I, wait, 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 wait. I gotta stop you real quick. How you're gonna survive? Right. I'm about to say the same thing. I don't live there. I live in Indiana. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. Yeah, none of us in this studio live in Chicago. <laughs> well, I mean, how's how's Chicago going to survive then? I, you know, he's he's brought in all these migrants. He's building these tents. I I, I don't even. This is this is ludicrous. I, I it's I don't not even... ludicrous. This is what people voted for. Yeah, and this is why your vote matters. And when you vote for Luda. nonsensical people with visions of grandeur mm-hmm. that have that are not steeped in regular policy and in the truth and reality this is what you get right so what you've got now is a utopian policy that has been called on by republicans in florida in texas and elsewhere and say here you're a sanctuary city here you go go figure it out yeah and and you know what it is it also happens to impact and disproportionately affect the homeless in the city of chicago because does, all yeah. those folks that have lived in tents and, and covered up with plastic and, and lived under, for years for years underneath the city, you know, and here they are. Nobody's ran to go buy an nope. apartment, a, a condo Tent complex, city. put tents out. Well, we'll go check on them when it's, you know, 50 below yeah. zero. This is what people get. All the young people who came out to support Brandon Johnson, congratulations. This is exactly what you wanted, and now you're seeing it play out. But everybody wants to celebrate nonsensical things, and, and while we're going to help everybody, you've helped no one. Yeah. You've not helped the homeless in Chicago, and you no, have not no. helped the, the migrants, who I see at my township every yeah. week, John. Yeah. I've told you about it. Yeah. People think Feeding it doesn't impact. Right. People don't think it impacts them or the suburbs. I'm in DuPage County. We're in northeast DuPage. We see them every week. There's about 25 to 30% of my population. And so you know what? I don't know what's going to happen because all anybody. Exactly. And, and you know what, John? I saw the video of the alderman blaming Texas, yeah. the Texas governor, for sending all those migrants. Well, guess what? Why does Eagle Pass, Texas, have to deal with 10,000 migrants? And it's only 28,000 people in Eagle Pass, well, Texas. Well, correct. And so when you put yourself out as a sanctuary city mm-hmm. and you get called on it, yeah. and we're a sanctuary state. Everybody you welcome. Get called on it. We're all welcome. Everything's for free. Stop on through. Here's what policies look like. Hey, yep. Dennis, I have to take exception to one thing. You said they've helped no one. They've helped no one. They've helped themselves. Yeah. Follow the money. Huh. They, well, they have helped themselves if you're the contractor who gets to build the tents for $30 million. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. All right you're so right, these, up, Daddy. Go ahead. Real quick. We got 30 seconds. These people are not, it's not like they're coming here to work hard. My parents escaped communism. My dad came in 1969. He slept on a billiard table. From where? In a Croatian club. From Croatia. Yugoslavia back at the time. He was, uh, you know, it was a communist country. I'm he Serbian. He slept, he slept on a billiard table for two weeks while he was looking for a job and a, and a roof over his head. Wow. And he found it by himself. And he, you know, he wasn't looking for any handouts. Wow. Thank you. 
We got to go. Amazing call, as always. Guys, don't go anywhere. Hour three, coming up next. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Welcome back. Hour three of Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker, the prosecutor, and two of my friends who I've known now for since, was it, 2013, 2014? Um, I've had your son work on my campaign when I was running for state representative. One of the hardest workers, too, during that campaign. You guys helped, too. So you guys were amazing and wonderful. Um, But... um, God has led you guys to a different work. Uh, before we get into that, talk to us about, you know, what's happening, what brings you here, because it's, it sounds like dire, like it was an emergency or something like that, to, to what brought you back to uh, America. Yeah, so as you've alluded to, we, we live in Haiti full time now, and we've been there about a year. And uh, off and on, you know, Haiti, it's a troubled country right now, and um, it's it's dangerous. You know, the gunshots out, out the window every night, hearing people shooting and fighting every night. And, you know, whether it's police on, on, on gangs or gangs on gangs or gangs on people, it's, it's tough. And so a couple of weeks ago, while we were in Haiti, we actually were only back in country for five days. And uh, we just, we, uh, it got so bad that we literally had to evacuate. John. Wow. It was, it was tough. You know, where, where our niece serves there with us as well. And when, you know, as the, not to be sexist, but as the man in the group, right. I got to make that decision whether or not it's time to go. Right. And the girls were ready to go, and we, we had to go. I mean, there was kidnappings on our street. There was, you know, all kinds of violence on the street, and it, wow. it's, it's uh, so. It was so else. do the officials come to you and say, hey, just, or do you guys make that decision? Well, the embassy uh, sends us an email, like, every single week really? for the last That's four right. or five years that we shouldn't be there. So we actually did get an email the day that we were leaving to go to Haiti that sounded different than normal. And we could tell there was something between the lines. Um, But we had work to do and we had been gone meeting our grandson and everything. And it was time to go back to work. So we um, prayed about it and kind of watched what God was doing and said, yeah, we do believe he's sending us back right now. So we went ahead and went, um, which I don't regret at all. I know that's what we were supposed to do. Um, but the first, the first day and a half were normal. And then, um, there was rumors that it was going to get really bad in our neighborhood. And we accept that Haiti itself is bad right now. Mm -hmm. And that limits what we can do, or at least when we can do it. Um, but at this particular time, the safety bubble around our house, usually if the fighting is at least half a mile away, Mm -hmm. We just stay in that day and go on with business, even though you can hear the fighting. A half so there's a mile no secu- you guys have no security. Is there a security apparatus or um, we have not personal security? That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, we we've and, and what we not. To, uh, 
I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Okay. One of the things we, we get to do and we're excited about doing as part of our ministry is to hire Haitians and enable Haitians to provide for their families. So everybody that's on our staff, we have a staff of about 20, is, is Haitian local to our community, people that we've developed relationships over the years. So we've got two, uh, right now we've got two, soon to be three, security guards that we hire Amen. Uh, full time. And, and what that does, I am getting ahead of myself, but yeah. it's okay. Yeah. It's, uh, but, because, but I'm going somewhere. That's yeah. why. That's, I'm taking you this way for yeah. a reason. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, get, we get to hire them. And what does that do? That, that allows that man the ability to have that basic need of providing for his family. Yeah. He's found a job that pays, and we pay, we pay well by Haitian standards, and we do that intentionally mm-hmm. so that people can provide for themselves a place to live, clothing, shelter, and, and what's very important to us is school for their children. Yeah. So, and, that's, and that's where I want to go next. Because, because, because I wanted to paint the picture of just how dangerous it is, is what you're doing, and yet you still go back. I know the reason, because you know God is with you. Mm-hmm. Um, most, almost every missionary that's ever taken on a, a, a mission, no matter where it's at, they know God is with them. So what is the mission? What are you doing in Haiti? Um, is it changing? Is it, is, it, is it, I know you said education. Are you changing the culture there? We sure hope so. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that's different that we have done very recently, um, I believe it was March when we officially opened this aspect of the ministry, is at Haven of Hope, which is a children's home, um, which we open our arms to the children that we're able to provide a home for. But at the same time, every day at the gate, we've got someone a father or a mother saying, take my kids, I can't feed them anymore. Wow. And what we don't want to do is create orphans that don't need to be orphans. Um, they have a mom or, or they have a dad or they have both. There's no reason for them to be an orphan. So instead of just turning them away and turning them away and turning them away, we opened a daycare. Um, so now the children that we can, that we, are able to take into the daycare. We can't take every single person that hopes they can, but as many as we're able to help, we're going to help. And that child can be brought in by their parent in the beginning of the day while mom or dad or both goes to work. Um, or even, I don't care if they're not going to work, if they just need a place that they know that their child is safe and fed. Um, I got a question. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. No, that's good. Do you guys work with food for the poor? Um, we're self-contained right now. Yeah, we do all of our own We do a lot of and, fundraising for Food for the Poor here yeah. at the radio station for Haiti. Yeah, we're, we've, um, I've got some emails out to some different organizations that do like send those food packets in and things like that. Um, but we haven't received any of those as of yet. So we're always open to mm-hmm. new ways of, of feeding. Sounds people. like a connection, doesn't it, Hop Daddy? <laughs> Sounds like a connection. I'm sorry, go ahead, Valon. Now, I, I know you're technically called missionaries, but I look upon you as humanitarians. And you're on the ground, and you see all the bad stuff that's happening. And I just heard what you just said as far as a, a parent giving you your kid because uh, giving you their kid because you couldn't feed them anymore. We're about to face the same thing here. We already are facing the same thing here in Chicago and elsewhere, New York and elsewhere. You as a person that, that has done this for five years and seen the horrors, what would you do here? At seeing what we're about, seeing what you saw and what we're about to see. People haven't seen it yet. Right. Well, I mean, coming at it from a missionary um, and formerly very political person, but less so these days. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think that 
um, that missionaries and organizations do a better job of helping in a lot of these aspects than the government can or even should. So I think that, um, you know, I don't, I can't help my organization can't help every single person that needs it. So, so, uh, give some advice to the mayor because it doesn't look like he's going <laughs> to do this the right way. Yeah. Should he hire missionaries and organizations like yourselves and others to handle the problem? Because he always talks about bringing people together, investing in people. Maybe they should invest in you. Hey, <laughs> anybody that wants to invest in us certainly can. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me speak to that if I can, you know, I was in a former life, right? I was a little more, um, staunchly uh i guess conservative as far as um uh, you know immigration and things like that however seeing people that are desperately hurting and desperate for a change has softened my heart i'll be honest mm-hmm. a little bit on that mm-hmm. um because i've got people that i care for and and love and they're broken and hurting and they they're capable people they're good people they just want a, a chance and that's if I may digress briefly, Please, that's why ahead. this is such a beautiful country. It's the best nation that's ever existed and ever will exist is because people see us as that, that beacon of what they can hope for, I believe. And, and this is still the dream of so many people. That's why all these people are coming from all yeah. these different countries. Yeah. Because, you know, we might not have it perfect, but we're, we're doing okay. Yeah. We're doing okay. And I see that in Haiti every single day. You know, the... A year and a half ago, the the president of Haiti was assassinated. I'm not even sure. Yeah, I'm, I do. How many I do. people yeah. know that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And to date, they don't have a replacement president. What? They, they right? They have a uh, prime minister who says, "I'm the president now," and then they've got a, 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 a I guess, Congress that says, yeah. "No, you're not." They've got a people that says, "No, you're not." So their constitution is not strong enough to say, "Hey, this is the contingency mm-hmm. for if you have this sort of issue." And again, going back to the U.S., that's what's beautiful about our Constitution, how rich it is and how thorough it is. Yeah. And I think we sometimes take, take that for granted. No, we don't take it for granted. We yeah. have people actively trying to destroy it. That's right. And people don't understand that, how powerful that document is. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they should be blessed. They should get on their mm-hmm. knees and say, man, I'm so glad I live in this great country. But mm-hmm. people really want to destroy this Constitution and yeah. this country. Well, yeah. we'll talk more. we got to go to break. Um, because I want to... I wanna, how can people help? You know, I, I'm, I'm reading the thread. You know, you, you hear the we have to take care of our people first before we take care of another country. I want you to get into that because I, I think sometimes God places different burdens on different people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I think. Well, we'll get more into that. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker, the prosecutor, and our new fond friends, uh, <laughs> Dave and Jennifer Nelson from D- is it DSM International, and you also have Haven of Hope. Right. Haven of Hope is our, our children's home under DSM. the umbrella. Of What's the, DSM? Uh, Don Shire Ministries. Oh. Don Shire, is a, uh, he plays a trumpet and yeah. travels the country. I see all the boxes. Do you, do, you yeah. guys do the Don Shire, the boxes with DSM on it? Don Shire? Don Shire. I saw a fundraiser uh, recently. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was going to talk about the 
Clinton Foundation, and I thought they fixed all this stuff. <laughs> Doesn't but seem like God bless the good people like these folks that are here with you, John, because as we've learned, almost none of that money went to the people it was trying to help. How much money? I'm going to say billions of dollars have been raised by that foundation. And, and the reason it made me think about this, not even realizing that I would meet people like you today, is that they were actually regenerating the Clinton Foundation to help the Ukrainians. So based on the amount of help they've given the Haitians, I can only imagine how much oh Ukrainians God. could be helped. But I, I really appreciate the kind of work that they're doing. And when you bring politics into it, John, I think that when people are conservative or Republican or there's always a belief that Republicans don't care about people. Right. And, and that is a, a BS belief that's promulgated by a bunch of liberals who think that everybody on our side of the aisle hates people, doesn't care about people. You've been doing the Lord's work. The young man to my left and the people to my right here have been doing that, that they are Republicans or conservatives mm -hmm. or libertarians, but they care about average everyday people. That's right. And they're prepared to go and put their name and their livelihoods on the line. Their life on the it, line. Their, their life on the line. Yeah. To, to make a difference. And when you're doing that, you're not talking on a radio station about it. You're actually doing it. And to me, that speaks volumes about the people that are to my right. God bless you guys. I hope nothing but the best for you. And I hope that you guys can use this platform to help raise some money. Right, That's what, well, of course, you can cut the check right now. <laughs> I gotta understand where to go, but I'm gonna, I will. I do want to help out. So, uh, see that's and that's the one of the reasons why I, I reached out. I don't. I forgot how long ago it was. But that's why I reached out because I knew my listening audience would would help you guys. Mm -hmm. um, because I believe in you too. I've believed in you. We've been friends for I think almost ten years mm -hmm. now. Exactly. I believe in you, and I want what you're doing to be successful. Um, how can people help? Yeah, so um, everything that DSM International does is funded, you know, through fundraising, through givers. Um, sometimes it's churches, individuals, small groups, businesses, even any, anything. Anybody can give and help. Um, but it's a very specific type of giving. Um, we have to raise our own income to support ourselves. Yeah. Um, but the main thing that we want to focus on today is supporting the kids. Mm -hmm. um, because we didn't move to Haiti just to live in Haiti. We moved there to help define the kids. supporting the kids what does that mean we have a sponsorship program so people can um, either sponsor the home in the, in the general sense or they can sponsor an individual child and then you'll get updates about that child how they're doing in school and a christmas card and things like that about that individual child um, that's on the dsm international website under support um, you can choose like which kid to support whether it's a and you can choose from the daycare kids or from the kids who live there full time how do you um, find these kids what 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 um, is there a website, something, or um, the no? They came to us um, through an organization. Actually, they've they've lived in several failed homes. Mm -hmm. um, this the group of twelve um, that are residents in the home, mm -hmm. and then since I'll talk about them mostly, but but their their supporters, um, 
they fell away. A lot of people are leaving Haiti right now. Yeah. And um, they're a byproduct of that, that they, they were left with. The people that left intended to keep sending financial support, um, but because of a death in the family, they were no. It was just a couple that was supporting this group of 12 kids. And after the husband deceased um, was passed away, she can't do that on her own anymore. Right. So we found out about that through the church where David's a pastor. Um, through the in Haiti. There. In Haiti. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, found about the 12 kids that were (laughs) literally days away from being homeless. And we had already started setting up the the home knowing, like, God will show us who we're supposed to help. Um, And we we knew that we didn't want to create new orphans, and so this was the perfect scenario for us Mm -hmm. to take in those first 12. Wow. So where can people, how can people give? Um, Yeah, so our website is dsminternational.org. Um, and there's a tab for giving or supporting. Um, if you want to support one of the kids, that's a different process. But it all starts under that support tab. And then it's really intuitive that you can follow which one you want to do. Do you guys have, while you're here in state, do you guys have a fundraiser coming up or anything? Um, we just have an online one through our Facebook page right now. Um, the, the kids' homes, the group of kids we took in actually has a group of teenagers in it. Mm-hmm. And they were all living under the same roof. Um, and we only had one house ready. So when we got them, it became apparent really quickly that teenage boys and girls need to have separate houses. So yeah. we just started a new boys' home, um, and that we, that we have a fundraiser going right now. It was for 25000 mm-hmm. and we're about halfway there right now. So yeah. that's just on our Facebook page. I, I, actually, just sitting here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to create, I don't know if it's a sweatshirt, T-shirt, and I want to be able to combine that with you guys. And I don't know, maybe give you 75% of the profit, something like that. We would love that. Uh, Beautiful. Just create a, a maybe a sweatshirt because you, you know uh, it's got to be a hoodie. Jen. A hoodie. That's it's, what I'm saying. It's, it's hoodie season, now, right? right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is still Haiti though. Does, does it get cold out there during the during the winter? No, it's season? cold in Wisconsin no. and South Carolina. So it's going to have to in be the like, winter. It's still like 95 during the day. Yeah. Good. In night. the summer, it's like it's going to be a t-shirt. <laughs> it's going to have to be a t-shirt. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I would love to do that. I want I want to be able to help, um, and and we'll figure out a way where we can give as well. Deb and I, and and I'm gonna do whatever I can to make sure what you're doing because because I know whatever the money is going to be used for its proper use, and that's why I'm willing to to do what needs to be done with that. Thank I, you. I, Thank I, you. I really believe that. Yeah, I'm sorry, you got something else? Yeah, you know me, I'm a suspicious mind. Why why won't the United States invest in Haiti, but they can invest in Ukraine and all these other war torn countries and give Iran? A billion, uh, six billion dollars. Why won't they go over there and try to offer there's them some kind of advancement? Because what do they have? Is, is there any minerals? Any anything yeah. that Katie has to offer? There's no, virtually no exports. There's yeah. no, no little. You know, it, yeah. it, it, there's no electorate. They that don't. They, can they gain don't from. need that. Right. Business can go over there, and if if they make it safe for people from over here to go over there, open up business, they can they can make. Tourism. There's no government. They they can create a government. Right. There's no we, government in Haiti, right? Yeah, but. We created Saddam Hussein, didn't we? Yeah. They, we create yeah. governments. Yeah. So we could create a government over there and make it safe for people to have tourism, just like Hawaii. But you know I mean, how we I didn't I... create Saddam Hussein. Sean said we installed. <laughs> oh, they. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying a name. Sean we said. We preserved we... him. <clears throat> Sean said we installed that man. But, but what that's I'm saying. Th- okay. Oh, well, the, that's wrong. <laughs> okay. Oh, Very simple. I didn't. I didn't realize it was that easy, Berlin. Is that what you believe? No, we we, we did. We know so the government. Four to seven. That's the, what you the government to? did uh, create really? a, a, no, a friendly government. You believe that? All right, let's yeah, not the, get the real. So hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. Let's, yeah. get, let's bring it back. Clint, let's bring it back. 
but I don't think there's any economic. I don't see nothing that John, there's no constituency, no constituency that is benefited from Haiti. Correct. And the reason that we have to look out for Haiti, it's in our hemisphere. Right. We have sent the Navy there. We sent the military there to help. But once the cameras leave and the media leaves, what's the value in helping? And so, to me, when you can actually make a difference in a life, as they are doing, why aren't we doing that? Because Wait, wait, wait. Senor just made a very valid point. Why is Dominican Republican thriving and not Haiti? Yeah, because they're they're right next to each other. They're two halves of the same island, right? (laughs) It's a great question. It's been asked for decades, you know. And and the Haiti the Haitian government and the Haitian people have had uh, their difficulties since you know they were the first Black Republic in right. you know eighteen oh two and since then uh, it's not been easy for them lots lots of corruption lots of outside influence bringing in that corruption it's a great question that the disparity between the same island on right. the other half is thriving from a from a tourism perspective from a business perspective. Uh, the the other place that Haitians love to go until very recently is the Dominican Republic Correct. for work. There's call centers galore yeah. in the, in the in the in the uh, DR, and if you're bilingual, that's where you're going. Really? And guess what? It's a lot of tourism. A lot of tourism. my friends just went. Yeah. They want me to. They wanted me to go next month. So it's a lot of tourism. Don't tell me you can't have tourism in Haiti if you build it up. You absolutely yeah. can. Well, that's and I think that's the the, the cost of doing such. Especially with no government in place. That's tough. So I'm going to hold you just for the beginning of the next segment because I want to just hit again, how can people give? You're listening to Black and White Radio. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio. All right, um, you know what? 120 Life needs to sponsor this show because I mention them a lot. Uh, Dennis, I don't have any 120 Lives in here, so... I mean, you a little flush red right now. Shut it down. I wish we could. But I have to listen to the brilliance of other people that that come on this show and and don't follow any facts. I mean, it gets me a little frustrated sometimes. Oh, right? I wish the breaks were live. I, I bought the breaks were live. <laughs> the outtakes would be would be a great seller. I no, think. I would like to remain employable. Thank you. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I'm sorry. Let's go back to our guests here, Dave and Jennifer Nelson. Um, again, I, what I want you to do is just. Um, give a pitch to those who are listening as to uh, why they should. Because I love this thing that was said on, in my YouTube comment. I know, George, I love doing this. Uh, it's about, because when you look at the difference between Dominican Republic and Haiti, it's about culture, not race. And the reason why, there's a better culture on the Dominican side than there is on the Haitian side. And, and there's a, diff, a lot of different reasons why. People, so many of their leaders were still in money for, 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 for so many years, uh, maybe centuries now, you know, because they've been in 1802, mm-hmm. 1802. So give a pitch to those who are listening as to why they should help Dave and Jennifer Nelson and what they're doing in Haiti. So the, the value of what we do is not one that I 
can apply logic to, except that every single person that we have the blessing and the honor to minister to is a precious soul. And if it's, you know, baby Ruth, we call her, um, the little girl that we can help at Haven of Hope, or if it's any of the adults that we get to employ and give them the dignity to provide for their own families, um, every single person is impacted by what we do. Um, not just because their stomach is full, um, but because they have dignity and, and they know that they're loved, not just by us, but by the Lord. And we're able to, um, that's like the biggest honor that we have in our lives is to be able to be the conduit for that. Um, all of it does cost money. So of course we need supporters in that. Um, I am a fan of, I guess you'd call it grassroots where, um, the programs that I like to see are funded by people who decide to fund them right. and not, not by people who were, you know, kind of forced into it, whether um, it was politically or, or any other way. So, um, so we rely on that. We rely on people to say, yes, I want to be a part of that and to come alongside us and give. Wow. Dave. Yeah. Well said, you know, we, we said something earlier that I think might've, we might've misspoke in, in that, you know, I think the question was, you know, are you making an impact in Haiti? And, and, and I, I don't, I'm not naive enough to think that a, a small organization like ours can make an impact on a country of 11 and a half, 12 million people because we can't, but you know who I can make an impact on those kids that are in our house, wow. those families that depend on not us, but depend on the supporters that support us and support DSM, you know, that that's, that's what we're talking about is, you know, we, we, we always say we don't, we don't have to be in Haiti. We don't, we're not forced to be in Haiti, but we get to be in Haiti to minister to really arguably the poorest people on this planet. Definitely the poorest people in the Western hemisphere. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was in banking for 26 years. I quit my job. I sold my house because I believe in this that much mm. that God has called us to a, a place and a time such as Haiti right now. And it's the, arguably the toughest place in the world yeah. i mean <laughs> there or ukraine which which right. one it's they're both war zones right, right. now and uh you know but we get to go there we're going back in a couple weeks despite what the news says despite what's happening there because we believe that that's where we're supposed to be yeah. and we feel like we can make an impact there but we need help yeah. like, like jenny said you know uh one of my mentors told me i mean i was i used to be this rah-rah i want to change the world mm-hmm. type of guy um, he came to me and he said, have you changed the life of one person? Hmm. I said, I, I believe so. He said, you changed a world. Because their worldview, right. who they are, who they will connect with, he said, that's how you change the world. Started one person at a time. And I think, I think what you're doing is impacting the world. Because if, especially if these kids become kids who come out and come either, either come to the United States of America or you could be you could literally have the next president in Haiti right in your doors. Think about that. The next president of Haiti you could be helping right now develop them. That's power. That's power right there. And I believe that. And I'm speaking that. And you know, you know, I'm everybody know I'm a Christian. I'm I I I I felt the Lord when I said that. I felt the the, the presence of God when I said that. Amen. That the, the next president of Haiti you'll have contact with. Make it happen. Do it. Give the website one more time. DSMinternational.org. Yeah. 
the SM International. Jen, Dave, God bless you. God, God be with you. And may his face shine upon you. And may you literally change Haiti the way others have not been able to change it for decades. Go with God. Thanks, John. Thank Amen. You. you listen to Black and Right. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560. The answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right with John Anthony. I'm his co-host, Verlon Galloway, and I'm sitting here with Mr. Rumble in the Jungle, Dennis Rebelletti. <laughs> What's going on, Dennis? You know, Verlon, it's always a pleasure to be here with you and John. Uh, and the guests here were tremendous, and the work that they do is amazing. And uh, one of the things, the reasons I wanted to come on today is while I don't usually share a lot of personal details about myself, I'm very private, even though I live a very public life, is that my wife was recently diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, she's 57 years old, so you would think that that's a pretty young age, that's something, something wouldn't happen to her. And one of the things that's kept her going, besides the great staff from everybody that works at the University of Chicago, no matter who they are, uh, they have been awesome. I want to throw a shout-out to everybody who works there. They've been nothing more than uh, fabulous for my family my family, and, and our uh, belief that she will get better. Uh, and she's put it on her Facebook page. But one of the things I wanted to talk about also is that there's a blood shortage here in the state of Illinois and in America. The red, uh, the, the, uh, there is such a shortage that the Red Cross is way down. My wife needed special platelets at one time. Thankfully, that the treatment she's on has allowed her to make her own. Uh, there is not enough blood. They're talking about rationing blood now so that people like myself and my family that has relied on those transfusions to allow my wife to get to the next day uh, may not be available. And I understand that there's a lot of families that face this. And you never think you're that family, Berlan. And one day you wake up and you hear that word cancer and the whole world changes. And I know that your audience is a very activist audience. And I will say this. When my wife has been blessed enough to get donations of blood and platelets, uh, the one thing we don't ever talk about is politics. Nobody requests Republican platelets or conservative uh, blood. This is, this is really at the most basic needs of, of human beings. And so one of the things I will be doing at, at Addison Township here in the near future, is we will be doing a, a blood drive and, and use that as a platform. And the other thing that my wife is we're waiting on is a match from the bone marrow transfusion, there's a registry. Uh, her brothers did not match. Um, so we're at the goal to the uh, belief and hope that somebody else out there in the world is prepared to make a donation to somebody they, have no, they don't know. Uh, and we're going to also host that to get additional people to be in the bone marrow registry uh, to help save somebody's life. So that's where we're at right now. Uh, I haven't shared it with a lot of people, but if you're going to share it, then you want to make sure you share it on a platform that 
hopefully if one person here donates a pint of blood, that you truly are making a difference in somebody's life. Now, why do you think the, the shortage of uh, blood hasn't been talked about? Uh, do you believe it's because of all this COVID talk? And part of it, from what I've read, is COVID. Um, but literally, my wife could not receive uh, outpatient treatment at Elmhurst Hospital because they were afraid of the shortage of platelets. Mm-hmm. They would not be able to get it there. So only University of Chicago, Northwestern, downtown will be able to have access to those. And so while it, it has been talked about, it's not talked about in the fact of, it, hey, this is a huge emergency. We need people to step up. Part of it is the COVID lagging. Part of it is the season. But they're down 25 to 30% where it, the Red Cross, I think it's out of Naperville, but I read a story earlier today, where literally – they're at about 25% of what they normally would have. They would, let's, we'll call it 10,000 pints of blood would normally be in stock. They have 2,500. And they're talking about how do you ration? So my wife is somebody with leukemia who could need a blood transfusion every other day. And how do you ration that to somebody who comes in in an emergency, in a car accident? How do you decide? These are things that, these are things that all of us as Americans can easily make a difference in. Go donate blood, go to the Red Cross, go to Versity, go find a local uh, chapter somewhere that is hosting something. Obviously, it's something that I really care about, and I'm going to be donating blood here very shortly, and I would encourage all of our listeners here to do the same. Do you think it's a lack of manpower or funding because of all this money that went everywhere because of COVID? I just think it's it's a fact where people got away from doing it or people got exposed to it. And now they simply aren't in that process. And when you start, when we have to talk about, in my wife's condition, agreeing to get blood products in case of an emergency, meaning we don't have a perfect match for you, that makes a difference because that also impacts the person's health uh, if you're doing a blood product versus something that's real. So I just think that this should be on a much bigger platform. I hope all the real media is out there and the social media are talking about it because each of us could donate blood in about 15 or 20 minutes That's right. and make a difference in somebody's life. And you can help save a life in what well, we talk about how to change the world. You literally can change the world of somebody like myself, my wife, my family uh, by donating a pint of blood. And that's the easiest thing to do because I heard you say rationing, but where are the priorities? Is it the gunshot victims or a person like, uh, your wife that's suffering from cancer. There should never have to be a, a priority. Right. There should be enough. And I would hope that the, the people that are listening and others, as they become more aware, will get out of the COVID state of mind where, hey, I didn't do that. I used to do it, but I don't do it anymore. And we get more people prepared to donate. Oh, I was just about to say you got 10 seconds. But, uh, but this last hour was very meaningful. Your wife, the missionaries. Oh, well, we'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560. The answer. Maybe I'm foolish. Maybe I'm. Welcome back to Black and Right with John Anthony. I'm Verlon Galloway, the troublemaker, his co-host, sitting here with Dennis Rebelletti, and uh, I want to end on a high note. 
Can you tell me how well your your wife is doing right now? You know, my wife went through a second round of chemo. The first round did not go as well as we expected. Uh, but the type of leukemia she has has been very responsive to the second round. While she struggles with some of the side effects, uh, every day she seems to be getting a little bit stronger and stronger. So uh, we're very hopeful. Uh, the people at University of Chicago have been very um, open with us and honest with us. And so she continues every day. Uh, we put in the good Lord's hands. We have a lot of people praying for us. I'm going to ask the listeners to do the same. Uh, because, look, at some point we're all, we're all human beings. Right. We all face great difficulties. And ultimately, we have a lot of people praying, and uh, we appreciate that support. And, and from my family and friends that are out there, I really appreciate uh, all the support, not only for, for my wife but for myself and for the family because these all become family issues for Lana. It's not, it impacts all of us, right? Even yeah. my dog, it's it, it, to the point where she is impacted, doesn't understand what's going on, but knows that there's something wrong. And so everybody has stepped up, and you try to make a difference. And every day she's getting a little bit better, and uh, she's in the good Lord's hands and in the, the hands of the good people over at University of Chicago. This is, this is going to be good for me because I want to I urge everybody, go out and donate. Just go out and donate some blood. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm an organ donor. I always believe that if I die and my organs could be used to help somebody else live, do it. But guess what? I'm guilty. I've never donated blood. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to make a deal with you. I don't know when this blood drive is going to go on. I know uh, me and John, we're going to be at an event with you on the 18th. I will donate as much as they can get out of this little body of mine if you tell me my blood type. Because I don't even know my blood type. My they, father and mother would never tell me my blood type. They'll tell you that. They take care of all that stuff. Don't you work in healthcare? We right. And I've never donated blood or got my blood tested to, but, to but, know my blood type. It's a black thing, George. It's a black thing, George. That's a blonde thing. Let me, no, no, I'm, no, I'm going to tell you. You know what? I asked, <laughs> I asked my father and Oscar. my mother what my asked. My father and my mother what my blood type was. And my, you know what my father told me? Well, you know, black people, blood type O. You know, I, I don't know my blood type. We Blood type O. And that's all I got. Well, and you know what? You can't argue with your parents. My mother was about the same thing. Uh, you, your father's baby. We will baby. be setting something up at the township. I'm going to get it organized. Um, there's a lot of people who already have helped us with this. And as soon as I know, I'm going to let you guys know so Amen. you can use your social media platform. Well, we'll have you on, too. We'll have yeah. you on. Absolutely, because yeah. I, I think that it, it, it means a lot. Um, and People have asked, can I donate your wife blood directly? It doesn't really work no. that way, but you could do it in honor of that person yeah. where my wife would get an email or text message that you're. Well, you're, let's, we, we know the people at Red Cross. Let's set up a blood drive specifically. We're going to do her. that. There's a lady named Ju yeah. Judy Sosha in Addison. Yeah. who has been doing this for a number of years. I love her. We're gonna She's work, amazing. She is amazing. We're going to work with her. We'll use the Township uh, Event Center to get it going, and we're going to get it scheduled here before the end of the year and uh, put that drive together. And and like you, Verlon, I've never donated blood myself, which is shame on me as yeah, well. Wow. Because, because the reality is under 60, they, they're looking for it. And then for bone marrow donations, same. Under 60, because as you get older, things can happen to you and it makes it more difficult. So yeah. I'm going to do both and, and hopefully try to make an impact in somebody's life directly. Yeah, George, hold the music. I just want to say something about our guests we just had in here. I know a lot of people talk about, you know, we need to take care of our own first. But as Christians, we see the world differently. And I want to leave you guys with this. 
Mark 16, 15 to 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall not be damned. So as, as believers, we see the world differently. To the YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, Hoff Daddy, Prosecutor Verline, we'll see you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.